If you're looking for a podcast to give you the best times of year and routes so that you can see the most beautiful fall colors. Ooh, tell us where that podcast is. Yeah, we would like to, well, I don't really care. Well, I mean, other. I do, but we're not it is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's definitely not us. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. The podcast where a married couple sits down, taking turns each week watching a movie, TV show, or documentary. We watch it together, and then we sit down together and discuss it about why we like it, love it, or loathe it, and then we share that conversation with you. I'm Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. This week, my latest review is for the uh, horror film Pearl, but I think as you'll read in my review, there's more going on in this movie than just blood, guts, and gore. Uh, follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. Follow the podcast at CT Marriage. And you can send us emails, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com, or leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me, as always, is the one person in my life who will always take care of me when I'm you know, sick or when I'm, uh, when I'm uh, just so tired and I don't want to do anything and she'll just take over and take care of everything, my other half. Yeah, apparently Maud the nursemaid broad from well, that description. Well, you know, you could, you know, it, it, it's not totally impossible. But no, no, no. Granted, unlikely. But, well, I, you're the one who says, you know, don't hover, just let me be sick and silenced. <laughs> so no, that's true. That's true. I just as soon take care of myself. Yes. But, but anyway. we don't want you sick and you're coming down with something, so here we go. Right. Um, this week it was your turn to select what we watch, so why don't you tell everybody what that was? Well, I actually um, came skidding in on your coattails from... Um, last week um, and you had started the Thin Man series for us so I thought well why not just keep a good thing going so we watched the next film in the Thin Man series uh, from 1936 after the Thin Man it's a uh, uh, it's called a murder mystery comedy film um, directed by W.S. Van Dyke and um, starring, once again, reprising their roles, um, William Powell and um, Myrna Loy as Nick and Nora Charles. Um, otherwise, um, or elsewhere in the cast, we have Skippy as Asta, and we also meet Mrs. Asta, um, and she actually, um, shall we say, gives a little bit of sh foreshadowing to a development that develops later in the film that we may or may not talk about because it's a really old movie and we totally don't want to spoil it. Um, we also see a young James Stewart um, playing David, Alyssa Landy um, as uh, Selma, and we also see Joseph Kaleya, Jesse Ralph, and some other people. Um, the basic premise of this movie is that Nick and Nora are um are coming back from vacation on the train ride and it looks like the train ride that we saw them embarking on 
at the end of the first Thin Man movie, it looks like this film picks up right where the other one leaves off because it's um, they're coming um, from their vacation back home to San Francisco on New Year's Eve and Nora's family um, has invited them to join them for a very she-she fancy, uncomfortable, formal dinner. Um, Nora's people don't seem to care for Nick all that much. Aunt Catherine, who is like the queen of the family now, um, particularly sort of looks upon Nick with disdain and she she and some of the other stiff necks in the family call him Nicholas. And so we hear Nicholas um, throughout the film as her family refers to him. Um, James Stewart plays um, a character named David Graham. He, um, Selma is Nora's cousin and David Graham was in love with Selma and um, appears still to be in love with Selma even though she threw him over for um, another husband um, named Robert who has mysteriously gone missing. Um, and um, Robert actually shows up um, having a New Year's Eve dinner at the um, Lychee Club, a Chinese restaurant and nightclub, um, where he has been seeing and cheating on Selma with Polly, the showgirl, um, played by a dark-haired Penny Singleton. Now, I bring her up because I knew I knew that name and that voice from somewhere. Um, a few years later, Penny Singleton appears with blonde hair in the Blondie and Dagwood films. So that is where I recognized her face and her speaking voice from. Um, anyway, there's it's a bunch of like murder, mystery, and mayhem, and um, you know hilarity and um, sneakiness ensue. Yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> the the characters of Nick and Nora are are based on the writings of author Dashiell Hammett, and if you look him up on Wikipedia, he bears a striking resemblance to Nick Charles. Oh, nice. Um, they they're you know they wear those those the fedora and, and the and little thin mustache and yeah the he, the pencil stash was all the style back in the thirties. Yes. Um. Now. He wrote the book, The Thin Man, but then he also wrote some short stories that were used to make the rest of the movies in the series. Gotcha. Um, but I have to say that I required a second viewing on this film. Well, um, well, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts. There's there a lot of little subplots happening and... You know whose whose boots are parked under whose bed, and whose car is parked in whose driveway that hadn't ought to be there, and the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing as far as romantic partners are concerned. Um, so yeah, but it, it, to be fair, we also needed a second viewing. You needed a second viewing um, because I kept getting phone calls and texts and stuff, and there were interruptions. There, so. there were a couple of interruptions yeah. during our, our original watching of the film. But I have to say, even though the second viewing helped me figure some things out, 
this movie is not plotted and um, uh, the story isn't built nearly as well as the original The Thin Man. There's just a lot more stuff going on. There is. There, there are also characters that show up as corpses who um, don't, who play only a very minor, minor role in the story that we never see them alive. Um, yeah, it's just, oh, here's another random dead person. Well, not that random, but, um, yeah, it's, it, this, this one was a lot harder to follow for me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, once again, um, Nick and Nora and the cops all gather all the suspects, uh, in one place so that, uh, Nick can hope one of them makes a mistake in order to solve the murder, and one of them does. And there's a big reveal. Yes. Like there was in the other film, the first film. Yes. And the motive is not what you think it might be. Actually, that was so out of left field, it was like, oh, okay. Um, so, I gotta say, I, I, I was not as big a fan of, the, of After the Thin Man than I was The Thin Man. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, I just don't think it was written as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's still entertaining. Uh, it was. Watching uh, Nick mock the, uh, the uh, butler over at uh, Aunt Catherine's house and his, his conversation um, that he has with five gentlemen after dinner, all of whom are asleep yeah. and snoring, and his, his going from person to person to, you know, say, well... You're not going to let that go, are you? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well said, you know. Uh, there, there are some very funny things in here. Um, and uh, Polly um, is... Uh, okay, well, actually, let me say this. Um, it doesn't matter whether we're in New York or in San Francisco. Everybody talks exactly the same. Well, and in San Francisco, everybody knows Nick Charles for well, his, from his Flatfoot Gumshoe days. Yes, he's also in the papers for solving the Thin Man case. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, but but all, you know, like the cops and the gangsters all talk like gangsters. Uh, the upper crust all have that... Upper crusty. Upper, upper crusty uh, mid-Atlantic accent that's... You know, oh, so you can't say time. something so horrible. Please say it isn't true. Yes, a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a, a fair amount of racism in this film. Um, oh. Yes, there's a prominent um, Asian character who is... Um, his, his lines are written um as as though his english is very broken yes and uh he they show him eating a meal with chopsticks and he's taking these little tiny bites of rice and whatever else is in the bowl and he's got a, a, a an ornate teapot sitting next to him and um you know there's you know there's also some casual violence against women um and it it all you know it's all very very dated 
Well, yeah. So if you're going to have an issue with something like that, maybe let the Thin Man movies go because it's pretty consistent that there's all of these things in at least the first two movies that we've seen. You know something um, that strikes me now, though, that we talk about the mid-Atlantic accent? Mm -hmm. um, James Stewart never really fell victim to that. No, no, he, he had He a, just always, he had his own unique inflection yeah. and um, um, way that he spoke that was uniquely his, but it wasn't, um, it, it never felt like it was an affectation or put on. No, uh, it... Uh, he just talked like he talked. He, he just talked like he talked, yes. Even, and he talked the same way in interviews. Well, and even when he was supposed to play a an Austrian or a German... Yeah, he still talked that, like Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, and actually, there are some things he does in this movie that I saw in It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, when he got real upset near the end of the film, he put his hand practically in his mouth. Like chewing on the knuckle. Yeah. Like, there, a, and, he, and he, you know, he, he had this, um, you know, just the way his voice went up and and he was like on the verge of tears it seemed like yeah um we can we can see foreshadowing of his development as an actor mm -hmm. um as far as mannerisms that he brings to a character um but he he doesn't have that prissy mid-atlantic thing happening and and really kind of william powell doesn't really seem to either well he's it's, got it's he's more got, the women he's got some hints of it uh, his is uh, is much more muted uh, compared to you know all the fancy people uh, yeah. in the group. Um, now I had an Aunt Catherine, and she was a refined, beautiful lady. Yes, but I love her, and this Aunt Catherine was just a pill. Oh yeah, she's uh, and she was designed to be that way. Yes, she's uh, she's. Um, a force of nature, a hurricane, if you will, and if uh, there is no fighting a hurricane, you just have to try to survive it. Um, she, she she walks with a cane, but she doesn't mind using that cane to bash people. Lord, she'll beat you to death with it. Yes, um, and she has this 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 look on her face when she's talking uh, with her. Um, is that her daughter or her niece? Selma? Yeah. Um, I think Selma is her daughter. Okay. Uh, two, two watchings, and I, I still don't know what their relationship is. But um, when she's talking to Selma, she, she, Selma is under the care of a doctor, Dr. Kammer, um, who looks like something out of a World War II Nazi experimentation film. Really thick Coke bottle bottom glasses, so his eyes are all screwy looking, and he's got like crazy hair, and he's just and weird looking. Very affected way of speaking. Yeah. And, um. Poor Selma, yeah. She yeah. like, her husband's cheating on her, mm -hmm. and she has this former suitor who has, you know, has never stopped carrying the torch, and she's just, um, she's just a nervous wreck, and so she's under a doctor's care. Yes. And the doctor seems like a quack. Yes. Uh, mostly what he apparently does is just give her tranquilizers and put her to bed. She just has a sedative. Yes, and she doesn't always take the pills. And um, Selma is um, 
very nervous and twitchy and you know she can easily be bullied by Aunt Catherine so um, and Catherine has some of these facial expressions like you better do what I say um, like that yeah. look your mama used to give you in church when you were misbehaving yeah that yeah. look that would drill holes in you with fire mm. and you knew that you were gonna catch hell at lunch because you misbehaved in church mm. that look mm. um, yeah that that look uh, but you know if Catherine had minor spoiler alert if Catherine had been the killer I would not have been surprised because she was stone cold. I wouldn't have been upset about it either. <laughs> no, I because, wouldn't have been you know, she she had some come up and coming up. Yes. She was not a nice lady. No. But um, here's the, I think the thing with these films unless it changes in the next one. Next on down the line, um, they don't kill women. They're, they're not the victims. They'll slap them around, but they won't kill them. Um, and they, the killer, at least so far, is not a woman. Um, so I, I think they that may have just been some sort of... Cultural... Um, yes. Uh, you know, they're the fairer sex. They're the weaker sex. We can accuse them of being the killer, but we can't actually... Have can't it happen. actually be the killer. Yeah. Or the killed. Uh, the audience would not accept that. I guess we'll see because these movies continue on into the 40s. Yes. So cultural norms um, probably underwent some change in that period of time. So we may see some different things toward the end of the series um, that we're not seeing in the beginning. Now there, there are there is the femme fatale uh, who may who may murder in other films. Uh, so, you know, it, it probably wasn't like a Hayes Code rule that a woman oh, could commit think so. murder. Uh, but uh, at least so far in these films, uh, the bad guy, the, the ultimate bad guy is never a girl. Um, so far. We'll, we'll see as we, we go through them. Because we were... I think we are going to just sort of do a mini-series of all of the Thin Man movies, although we will be taking a break for uh, Spooky, spooky Season, season uh, as Halloween is uh, the month of October. is coming up, and as we record this, a little over a week and a half or something like that. Ow. Yeah. So, but we're, we'll, we'll, we'll watch, I think we just have one more uh, episode in September. And then we start October, so. Which is good. So three movies, three Thin Mans, um, Spooky Season, and then three more Thin Mans. So yes. it's like all symmetrical. And then by that time, it'll be like Thanksgiving and the holidays and Almost. hot chocolate and marshmallow and snow and trees and things and, <laughs> you know, fun stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll continue on with the Thin Man uh, movies. And they are very entertaining dated though they be um like nick and nora come home after this trip the uh, from new york that's taken them three days on a train um and they just talk about even though it's new year's eve they're gonna stay in and they're gonna sleep until they can't sleep anymore 
and uh, they're gonna, you know, kill anyone who disturbs their slumber. And they open the door, and their house is filled with people, most of whom they don't know, having this giant party that's supposed to be in their honor, although everybody they run into doesn't know who Nick and Nora are. They've just been invited by somebody who knows them. Yeah, the dude who answers the door says it's a big surprise party in honor of Nick Charles and his wife. And, you know, he doesn't know Nick Charles because he's staring in the face of Nick Charles and has no idea from Nick Charles. So um, that was a a cute little bit of of comedy. And, And also everybody that Nick knows, and he knows practically everybody, especially if they're a criminal. In San um, Francisco, yes. In San Francisco. They don't seem to know who Nora is or that he's married. You know, it's like he's he's kept her separate from all of that, which is probably a good idea uh, since well, she came from money. Yeah. No. Um, but, you know, it's 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 just funny how, you know, the first person, one of the first people they run into when they arrived in San Francisco is a purse snatcher who steals Nora's purse but gives it back when he sees that Charles and Nora are together uh, or when he's told Charles and Nora are together and their car is mobbed by uh, newsies and uh, a bunch of tough looking guys who know Nick and one of them's a boxer and he, you know, he he brags about how the next guy he fights, he's gonna cut him to ribbons. Oh yeah. And and you know, and and Nora, who it was not brought up with these people, but loves to comment on how Nick seems to know all of them. Um, you know, she's just sitting there nonplussed, and she's just waiting for this group of people to pass so that they can finally get home. And she's quite you know oh well this is what comes with the territory when you're married to nick charles yeah she's very um she seems very flexible (laughs) in in a lot of ways as far as just you know um being aware of and not troubled by nick's past Mm -hmm. or his past associations Mm -hmm. or you know, it's just like, oh well, I, you know, I married this shooting match, so I'm, I'm in for the long haul here. Yeah. It. Interestingly, Nick and Nora are not the only ones who come home to a crowded house, because we see Asta, um, of course, pulling on the leash as they're, you know, disembarking from the train and and getting in their limo. Um, huge fancy chauffeur big 30s heap of a car um asta jumps out of the car when they arrive at the home and goes running around the grounds and he's scratching his back in the grass and he's just oh so happy and then he romps into the backyard and inside the little fenced enclosure with a cute little dog house with a cute little doggy picket fence is mrs asta and a litter of little astas yeah such a cute family there's like half a dozen of them and then there's one little <laughs> black Asta who shows up out of nowhere. It's like a what is that? A Scotch Terrier? Yeah, it. He's a he. He looks like a little Scotty, mm-hmm. um, black Scotty, but solid black puppy. And Asta gets this look on his face like, hmm, 
He doesn't look like the rest. Yeah, he's like, what the hell, woman? Um, excuse me. And then we see a suspicious character coming under a hole in the fence. And it is a fully grown black Scottish terrier who comes over and Asta just loses his mind. And he's like, and chases the dog away. And the dog goes back under the fence and Asta starts, you know, digging, digging dirt, trying to fill the hole back in. Yeah. So, um, I don't exactly know how dog biology works. I don't think it works like that. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if a dog can have um, a litter of puppies having been impregnated by more than one daddy dog at the same time. I don't know oh, how that works. Okay, yeah, that's always um, a possibility, it's, I guess. I, I, I don't know. It happens in humans. It Rarely. Rarely, but it does happen. Um, and, um, there, there's another whole little doggy trail that I won't go down, um, but I'll talk to you about it when we take our break okay. because it, it has to do with more cultural norms. Well, so I, I think we actually sort of danced around that when we saw it originally. Uh, but yeah, it's, a. Uh, but Aston wants, Aston's probably wanted a quiet evening at home too. And he's, he's like, God, what's this house full of screaming kids? And then um, who's this? Uh, yeah, and who's this dude? Uh, it's it's Asta does a lot of the comedic heavy lifting in this uh, in this film. He he's so cute. He is a wire haired fox terrier. Yes. Mrs. Asta also looks to be a wire haired fox terrier. Terrier. She looks very much like Mr. Asta does. Mm -hmm. um, and so do all but one of the aforementioned puppies. And that 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 puppy looks smaller than the others. Like maybe could have been a runt. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose it probably um, was crowded in there. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway. we're we're about to the end of our discussion of the Thin Man, but we <laughs> are, <laughs> or after the Thin Man. But we are going to come back after a message and uh, talk about uh, our ratings for After the Thin Man, as well as all the other things we've watched right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We watched After the Thin Man, so here is the time when we tell you our ratings for After the Thin Man. Maud? I'm... I'm... I liked it. It was not plot-wise as um, cohesive as the first one. Um, so for that, I'm going to give it um, five full-blood, well, four full-blooded Asta puppies and one sketchy, we're not sure who you belong to <laughs> puppy. Well, so I four think, and a half. I think we know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it four stars. Um, it just didn't quite have the same punch that, uh, that the thin man did. And it's there was also, a very cute surprise ending though. That's true. And, um, Asta and Mrs. Asta and their little family sort of foreshadowed it in a way, I thought. Yes. yes. So, so it's. 
um, which also leads us directly into the next movie. Um, so, but we'll talk about that next time. Four and a half puppies. Four and a half uh, and from you, you, you four. four stars from yeah, you because yeah. you rate everything in stars because that's how you roll. The budget for After the Thin Man, uh, the production budget, is an estimated $673,000, which for the time, I don't know. I'd have to do the math. Um, that sounds like a lot of money for 1934. I mean, you know, we're in the Depression still. Uh, well, it was released in 36. 36, I'm sorry. But still, we're still in the Depression still. But worldwide, it grossed 3165000 Which is considerably more than the first Thin Man installment had grossed. So it's... So it, um, it rode on the coattails of its predecessor. People dug the first one, and they were excited to see what the next one was going to be. Yeah, um, and obviously they were... People were into these films because there's like six of them. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, well, I mean, William Powell and Myrna Loy... And their on-screen chemistry is pretty magic. Yeah, they they are. They're a joy to watch. They're a lot of fun to watch, and um, you know Nick constantly being drunk or a little buzzed. Yeah. Um, all of it. It's just. It's just fun. I mean, yes, there are some cringy things in there, but uh, I uh, I personally have enjoyed these two so far, and and hope the next one is uh just as fun is 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 fun as well so tell me what else have you been watching um i am really digging me some ozark i am into season three now there are i think there are four seasons currently available to stream on netflix it's a netflix original um series it's just so like even it's it's like even like everybody's a bad guy yeah but there are good bad guys and neutral bad guys and really bad bad guys mm -hmm. and so you want the good you root for the good bad guys um you know because they're the good bad guys so but yeah the whole premise is just um wrongness and corruption and greed and um, n n badness. Yes, and anybody can die at any time. Sure. Um, but it's for no really good reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because even the good guys are bad guys. So True. Um, we have seen uh, we've seen some interesting character growth in. Um, Wendy Bird's character, portrayed by Laura Linney. Um, she is the wife of the main protagonist, um, Marty Bird, played by Jason Bateman. Um, we have seen Wendy grow into depths of um, malevolence that we would never have expected of her when the series began, you know, two and a half seasons ago. So, um, and I, I, I'm a fan of Laura Linney. Everything she's ever been in that I've seen, um, I love her as an actor. She's just um, kind of a master of her craft and um, so unaffected um, in her um, 
in the character in the way that she portrays whatever character she's playing um i just love her jason bateman i have not really been much familiar with until this i haven't really watched anything else much that he's done but i love him he's kind of a sort of low-key everyday um regular joe kind of dude who just happens to have this incredible gift for um accounting and laundering money so he's um I've enjoyed getting to know him through this through this series. What are you digging up on your smartphone? Um, I'm just looking up stuff that I was gonna talk about. But um, here's the thing that surprises me about how much you enjoy um, Ozark. How mean everybody is. Well, that you you tend to dislike like tense stuff and. Or at least that's what you've said to me. Like, there are things that I find really stressful to watch. Mm -hmm. um, I don't find this stressful. I mean, like, I everybody's bad, and you know everybody's bad. So, you know, once you get over that hurdle, you can just kind of enjoy watching people do their thing. Well, and you know they're on a runaway train, so that's going to eventually crash. Mm -hmm. um, so you may as well enjoy the ride. I hope the right people crash. Well, um, I mean, some of them already have. It's yeah. been like some of the dead people who are dead. It's like, yes, you so had that coming, um, and I hope it hurt. Um, so, but yeah, I know it's it's you know no, no, nothing is going to end well here. It just it's very surprising because. Um, years ago, when Breaking Bad showed up on Netflix, I said, we should watch this. And you said, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I think I may have to revisit that now. <laughs> and I need to go back and watch The Sopranos, because both um, very highly acclaimed shows with um, highly acclaimed writing and acting mm -hmm. and... Um, and you know I've got a few years more under my belt now, and and maybe can um, maybe my tolerance is a little more. Okay, well, um, that that will be interesting. Anything else? Uh, no, not really too much. Anything? I do have a book um, that I haven't started yet, but um, as I rumble around for it, um, but I'm very excited to start it. Um, as we have mentioned before, I work in a library, so. Um, there has been a book that I have wanted to check out for months, but every time it's come back in, it's already had someone waiting for it. Well, it came back in today, and it didn't have any requests for it from other patrons, so I grabbed it for my own self, and it is called The Midnight Library. Um, the author's name is um, Matt Haig, and some of the um, inside... Um, inside the front flap um, is as follows. Between life and death, there is a library. Up until now, Nora Seed's life has been full of misery and regret. She feels she's let everyone down, including herself. But things are about to change. When she finds herself in the midnight library, she has a chance 
to make things right. I am very excited to start this. Um, and um, inside the back flap, we have a very nice um, picture of the author, his headshot, and he looks like a nice person. So Who, Who's the author? Matt Haig. Matt Haig. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm very excited to start this. I'm still working on um, the Bible, of course, and I'm still working on um, the telling, um, how Judaism's um, greatest book um, helps you figure out the mysteries of life, or I'm paraphrasing that title life. because I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on. And um, Stan and I are going to Nash Vegas to see Rodney, song, singer-songwriter Rodney Crowell um, at an event at Parnassus Books in Nashville Friday evening. So um, I will have lots to say about that next time. Okay. Um, while I was flipping around um, Saturday night um, looking for something to watch, I had already watched the next episode of the 101 Scariest Moments in Horror Movies, or whatever that is, uh, on Shudder. So I went to the, um, I went to their, they have three movies, they have three channels of different types of horror movies that stream continuously. It's like, like a TV station or something. And so I hit the first one, um, and it was... It, it was this very odd uh, 70s film called Flesh for Frankenstein. Ew. Um, it's also under other names as well. Now, it's, it's billed as Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. Hmm. Uh, so, and in just doing some cursory... You know, he didn't produce it. He didn't pay for it. Um, but he is quoted as saying, um, what was the place that they uh, they all hung out at? A place called The Factory or The Warehouse? I forget which. Anyway. Uh, besides Studio 54, I don't know. Well, it was his little loft hangout kind of okay. place where all his bohemian friends were. And um, he he said, you know, we had ideas, so we would tell them our ideas, and some they incorporated into the movie. So he got Andy Warhol's Frankenstein on it. Huh. But uh, For it's, either credit or blame. Yeah, well, it could go either way. Mm. Um, it is uh, from 1973, and it is a uh, uh, the story of Frankenstein and his assistant, who wasn't called Igor, um, it was, um, uh, let's see here, um, Otto is hmm. the assistant's name. Um, and they are trying to create the sexually compatible Frankenstein's monster with a bride of Frankenstein, for ease of description. Um, and it is, it's very cheap looking, but it's also obscenely overacted. Uh, Udo Kerr, Kier, I, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name, plays Frankenstein. Who? Udo Kier. Udo? U-D-O. Uh, 
Okay. Um, and he's one of those guys that if you saw him, you you know you'd seen him in other. It'd things. be like, oh, there's that guy from that thing. Right. Okay. He's about the only person though that you would would know from it. But uh, the the movie has lots of of gratuitous nudity and uh, uh, long expeditionary or long exposition uh, speeches and um, there's so much scenery chewing you're certain everybody had to have the splinters picked out of their teeth by the end of it oh that guy okay Um, yeah I looked him up and and it's it's it is it is that train wreck that you cannot look away from Uh, it is it is so bad it's it's wonderful. So uh, it's available to stream on Shudder. Um, Sounds like some really horror cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the kind of cheese that's got, you know, the mold growing on it. Nice. Uh, but you eat it anyway. Ugh. Now, no, I don't. Immediately following the completion of this film, they shot another film called Blood for Dracula, starring many of the same people. Uh, and it was released in 74. And, uh, again, it's Andy Warhol's Dracula in, in some parts of the world. Um, but it's the same director, same writers, uh, Udo Kerr, and, and uh, a lot of the same cast, a lot of gratuitous nudity, um, and, uh, and some really bizarre choices uh, by some of the actors in some of the scenes. Sort of like American Horror Story way before, like recycling uh, cast and... Um, no, I I think American Horror Story is much better well, than, yeah, than this but... film. But uh, Dracula is in uh, Romania, I think, and he's he's got to... Uh, he's, he's dying because... Nobody will send their virgin daughters to marry him because they all end up dying. Uh, and he needs the blood of virgins to continue his life. So he goes to Italy where he thinks that the uh, uh, Roman Catholic Church and their uh, views on premarital sex will provide him with more virgins. He picks the wrong house, however, because everybody in this house is 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 uh, doing everything with everybody. Uh, there are numerous types of accents, uh, from Italian to whatever Udo Kerr is, uh, to uh, a guy who sounds like uh, Warhol plucked him off the street in New York, um, and and it's it's again another train wreck you cannot look away from. So. If you're looking for some cheesy uh, horror from the 70s, then you could do worse uh, than uh, Flesh for Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula, and they are on Shudder. Also, uh, Maude and I just watched, before we did this recording, a uh, documentary uh, limited series on Netflix called Sins of Our Mother. Oh my gosh. Uh, it is the story of Lori Vallow and Chad uh, Daybell. Daybell. And two delusional people who thought they were going to usher in the end of the world and that they could see uh, that some people in their 
circle were zombies and they had to kill off these zombies um, and uh, that, that they were God's chosen um, prophets. Um, there's connections to the uh, LDS church and um, uh, just it's it's and if you recognize the name Lori Vallow, that's the woman whose children disappeared. Um, and she acted like it was no big deal. Uh, also, her soon-to-be ex-husband uh, and uh, Chad Daybill's uh, previous wife um, both wound up dying in violent ways. What a mystery! And hmm. it is it is it is a heartbreaking mess. Um, uh, and they talked to their relatives, her son from a previous marriage, um, and. Uh, it, it's it's just this awful situation where the combination of, of devout belief in um, the soon to be here end times along with a big dollop of mental illness had led to the deaths of several people and greed. Uh, Don't forget greed. Well, yeah, yeah, there's some greed in there too. So, but they were able to justify everything because God told them to. Uh, it's it's a it's an incredibly sad story, um, and it's three episodes, and uh, I don't think any of the episodes are longer than say 45, 48 minutes, something like that. So, no, we watched it all at once. Just so one after the other. If you are interested in, you know. A very sad story. True crime documentary. Uh, true crime, then, um, and with a mixture of, um, you know, um, end times prophetic uh, religion, then you, you, and, and that fact that it's just interesting, sad but interesting. Uh, give sins of our mother uh, a chance. It is on Netflix. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well. Uh, next week, uh, we continue our Thin Man series, and uh, we welcome a new member to the uh, Charles family um, in that uh, episode, as well as solving a mystery. Uh, it's going to get a little old if Charles gets constantly saying, I've retired, and then he comes right back for yet another adventure. Um, but, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, that's the way it's going so far. Uh, but thank you very much for listening to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We appreciate it. Uh, if you uh, would be so kind as to subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast app of choice, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, if you would be so kind as to go there and give us a subscribe and a five-star review, we would appreciate it. If you have a suggestion for something for us to uh, watch and talk about on Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, you can send us the uh, information, uh, the name of what it is you want us to watch and why you think we should watch it. Send that to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave us a voice message simply by clicking the link in the description of this episode. I'm Stan the Movie Man. She's Maud the Movie Broad. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. Later. Yay!